My name is Matt Rappold, and welcome to Midtown Conversations here on Midtown Radio. Today, we've got a great program for you. We are joined by Julie Friesen from the Community Justice Initiatives, and she's going to tell us all about home sharing and an event that's coming up to give some information about what that can look like in the Kitchener-Waterloo community. Julie, welcome to the program. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate the invitation to be on the show. Uh, Happy to have you. So first of all, for our listeners who may not be familiar with Community Justice Initiatives, tell me a little bit about the organization. How did it start and what is some of the work that you do in the Kitchener-Waterloo community? Yeah, actually, Community Justice Initiatives is a a pretty well-known secret in town. Anyways, we've been around since 1974 and we have sort of expanded our programs over the years. But we are an organization that really focuses on restorative justice and restorative practice. And what that kind of means, it looks different in different kinds of situations. But what it really means is that we look at uh, relationships. And so sometimes when people are are, uh, asked to stay stay apart from each other, we invite uh, people to have conversations with each other, to have dialogues with each other. Of course, if that is something that, that would be good for them, that's always a voluntary process. So we're always looking at ways to not just deal with conflict through punishment, but actually dealing with the conflict and harm uh, through looking at the needs of people, looking at the relationship, Um, what that could look like, how we might be able to mend that relationship in any way that might be helpful to the people involved. So sometimes our our, uh, services can look like mediation services. Sometimes our services can look at uh, like ways to get people to have relationships with each other sort of proactively um, before there is uh, conflict and harm. Oh, that's great. When you talk about restorative justice, can you give us an example of what that might look like on a practical level here in the community? Yeah, sure. I'll talk about one of our oldest services, which is a service that works in the criminal, within the criminal court system. And so what we do is we bring together, if people want to do this, uh, people who have uh, been uh, charged with a, a criminal offense and who are willing to take accountability for what happened in that particular situation. And then we looked and talked to the folks who were harmed in that particular situation. And um, if this is something they would want to do, we actually have people have conversations in the presence of trained facilitators that our organization trains. And interestingly enough, the facilitators of those are volunteers, community members who we have trained very rigorously and have done this for quite some time. So then there's a conversation and people look at Uh, you know, how was I impacted by what happened? And I can communicate that to that person. I can ask questions of that person who who knows those answers more than anyone. And if I have a a person who has harmed someone else, I have the um, time to take accountability. Maybe that looks like an an apology. Maybe that looks like something more concrete, that there is some sort of uh, way that I I can make things right in a more tangible way. And then we have that understanding. And then we Um, send the report back to the criminal court system uh, instead of having that be uh, just a simple punishment of someone. But there is a conversation and a really direct accountability to what actually happened. So I can can sort of hear from what you're saying that it's a bit more about relationship building 
I mean, of course, we know that the, the, the community that we live in is all based on relationships. And so it sounds a little bit like the restorative approach is more relationship driven or about mending relationships as opposed to punitive. That's right. For example, I always talk about a restorative way of sort of looking at different issues is looking at how can we look at the actual relationships that we have with each other. Sometimes that's very close. We're family members, we're partners of each other. And sometimes that relationship is being a neighbor. What it means to be in community together. And so we're very interested in what community is all about. How can we have relationships with each other? How can we think about safety in ways that we as a community uh, can do something about that ourselves, rather than always needing to go to a police or a bylaw officer, but we can create safety in many different ways. Uh, and there's certainly ways, times that we need those authorities in our lives, but how many times can we say to ourselves, hey, we have this relationship and we're gonna have these conversations. So that can look like, maybe I'm having a disagreement with my neighbor. How can I maybe have a conversation with someone and um, we help people do that in ways that are safer, in ways that are more productive um, by helping that conversation be facilitated. We also skill people up. We have conflict resolution workshops. We, this is a skill we can all learn. I know I've worked at community justice initiatives for a long time. And I would say one of the great things that's happened in my life is that I've gained incredible skills to be able to have conversations with people in good ways that still talk about my needs and what I need, but I can also listen and hear what other people's needs are. So that's the other thing that we do is try to equip our community to think about how can we mend relationships? How can we build relationships with folks who we may not see on a daily basis, but are people in our community that are, that sh that are important to us? That's amazing, Julie. I love the idea about taking a more human approach to conflict, uh, conflict resolution. And not to get too much into the weeds here with restorative uh, justice and approach, but there's a, a special kind of Waterloo Region connection, isn't there, um, with restorative justice? Do you want to talk a little bit about the Elmira case? Yeah, just very briefly? sure. So that's the, the kind of the start of our organization in 1974. And I do want to say that this idea of coming together and talking through issues is not something that was created by community justice initiatives, obviously. This is ways that um, you know, indigenous folks have, have uh, worked through conflict with each other. That's what we needed in sort of smaller societies to survive. And I think as we've become larger, we, we become a bit more uh, distanced from each other and we forget that actually we need each other to survive in this community. But anyways, back to the Elmira case in 1974, uh, there was a, a probation officer and with ties to the Mennonite community who um, was uh, meeting folks who had been involved in a criminal offense. And in this one case, he met two young men who had done a lot of property damage in, in the town of Elmira. And um, what he was sort of thinking about as he was talking to these youth is that Sure, we could go through the court system, maybe they'll get probation, maybe some jail time. But what would happen if these two young men would actually meet the people who they had harmed? And so he sort of thought about this, talked to some other people about it. And then he suggested to the judge in the pre-sentence report that he wondered if they could try that. And surprisingly, the, ju the judge said yes. Uh, judge McConnell is the name of the judge. And so 
Um, what happened was, in, at that particular point, they literally went around the town of Elmira knocking on the doors of the folks who had been harmed, either tires slashed, um, so the rock had been thrown through someone's window of their house, like a bunch of different things had happened. And, um, and what they discovered was when they, they came and they said, hey, we're the, we're, the, we're the people that had done this. They got lots of different reactions. But what they did see was that, hey, my actions are not sort of done in a vacuum, but they actually had real harm. Real folks were impacted by that. People were afraid to be in their house, wondering whether they'd been targeted by this, for example. And so folks had questions for them and, um, and wondering why they had done that. Some were angry. Um, some, you know, were a bit more initially forgiving. I mean, we have, we're all different about how we might uh, deal with this. But this idea really did lead to sort of a movement of working in the sort of North American criminal justice system with offering this type of service. For example, I grew up in the United States and I lived for a while in Ohio and I lived for a while in Kansas. And each one of the, the communities that I lived in actually had a program like this that, actually, that started from this case in Elmira. So that's how I kind of learned about restorative justice was, you know, in a totally different country than here. And when I moved here and happened to get a job here, I'm like, oh, my goodness, it started here. I had no idea. So um, that's a little bit about how we started and a little bit about how we um, continue to do that work to, to this day, but also have expanded how we think about this type of relationship. That's incredible. And thanks so much for sharing a little bit about that, because it is really an important part of the community history of Kitchener-Waterloo and the Waterloo region. I had uh, Kamal Ahmed on the program mm -hmm. a, few, uh, a few weeks ago That's to talk right. about Community Fridge, and he was talking about how um, it's so, we have to remember that these type of mutual aid programs mm -hmm. are really, you know, they have, they, they go run deep in the fabric of this region. And it's incredible to hear another story about uh, mutual aid and restorative practices that kind yeah. of uh, inspired a lot of places across the, the North. Uh, across yeah, North and America. I think, you know, uh, challenging our community when we feel safe and, 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 uh, and I guess in an invitation to our community to think about how can I be a part of this, uh, uh, of thinking about this collective idea of community that, that my neighbor is actually in relationship with me. My neighbors seem very broadly, and uh, and so what sort of what sort of uh, relationship do I want that to be? What do I want a, a neighbor to be like in our community? And I think that's the invitation that that a lot of us are trying to do, including the community fridge. And that's a perfect segue into what we're going to be talking about today in terms of neighbors helping mm -hmm. neighbors. Let's talk about home sharing a little bit. What yeah. is home sharing for people who might not be familiar with the concept? Yeah, so um, Community Justice Initiative, it's a pretty new program that we have, and it's called Waterloo Region Home Share. So home sharing is not something that we came up with. This is a concept that's actually in lots of different countries and even in, in other places in, in Ontario. And um, so what home sharing is, is about the fact of that And this happens all the time, maybe on Kijiji or other things like that. But we know that um, we may have space in our homes. And homes can be either a, a dwelling, a single family dwelling, or it could be an apartment or a condo. But we may have space in our homes. And uh, that's called a, a home provider. So I could be a home provider if I had maybe a room in my house, uh, 
uh, and and uh, space that I was willing to share. And then there's someone who's called a home seeker. So someone who's really looking for affordable housing, a, a decent, clean, uh, you know, space and um, for a contribution to the household expenses and sometimes also maybe sharing some chores around the house, uh, we as a home provider and a home seeker come together and we get to know each other and figure out, hey, is there some mutuality? Is there some compatibility here? And, um, and then we would find a way to share a house. And so this is, um, there's that more typical way, which is the, that there's somebody with space in their home and somebody's seeking a home. And there's also an idea of co-housing. So folks who are, a couple of people who are looking for housing together, who are also seeking housing, but may not know of someone that they can share housing with. Uh, and then HomeShare, Waterloo Region HomeShare also offers a process for them to consider whether how do we safely live together and give this um, relationship of living together the best shot possible. So we have a whole process that I can tell you about, but that's basically it. It's sharing space together and uh, creating understanding about what that space needs to be. It sounds so simple when you put it that way. <laughs> More or For less. Sure. Well, yeah. you're hosting an information session uh, next Saturday or this coming Saturday. Right. Um, and yeah, so on March, March 11th. 11th. Yeah. And so it's at the Kitchener Public Library. It's from 11 to noon. And it's all about uh, if you're thinking to yourself, hmm, I wonder if HomeShare could be right for me. We really encourage you to come to this information session. It'll be low key, informal. We'll have a bit of a presentation and we'll have time for some question and answers. So sometimes, um, like, as I said, this is something that we do all the time. I've lived with folks when I was younger and, um, you know, they were friends of mine and things like that. But this is like opening it to a new sort of population of people who may not have ever considered the possibility that, I have space in my home and I could actually share that with someone looking for um, for that space. And, you know, for those looking for space, this, this can be a, a way of uh, providing a bit more of security around that process rather than just sort of reaching out to someone that you don't know and trying to figure out whether this could be a, a good process or a good relationship for you. Okay, so let me ask you, when, if there's someone listening to this broadcast who, who's thinking, I have a bit of space uh, at my house, I may be interested in, in doing a home share, uh, how would they know that they would be a good fit for that, uh, that, that position? Yeah, so um, I think um, you're, so if, if you are someone who could consider thinking a little bit more, a little bit differently, I think, about space. So if you can think about how do I share space? Am I willing to be um, flexible? Am I willing to be a bit of a flexible thinker about sharing space? And um, and if you're thinking hmm, that might be that might be me, then this might be a process for you. And you know you don't have to have that decision already made. So a lot of times I think people are a little afraid to contact us because they're like, I don't know. But this is a great session for you to just come and say, you know, I'm not sure this is for me. And I have some questions about safety, about the process, about, you know, what it looks like, you know, how, how do you get the people seeking their homes, you know, like, what does it all look like? 
And this can really give you that chance to get a lot more information about that and make that decision for yourself. We're not going to force anyone into this because it will work, right? You got to be willing to try it and think about it. And, um, and there has been, you know, success before we've had a couple of successful cases. Again, we're pretty a new service, but you know, we have uh, lots of stories from a lots of the other places in the United States and even in Ontario We've seen a lot of success and people who um, really build a relationship and a connection uh, through the home share process. Uh, amazing. Uh, we mentioned some of the questions uh, that people might have. Is there sort of um, sort of top three questions that you find people have or what are some of the um, uh, most mm -hmm. pressing questions that people have about home sharing? Yeah, for sure. So I think one of the big question is that that process like how do you help ensure some safety uh, in this process? So, I mean, you can learn a lot more about it and ask more questions at the information session, but basically what we do is we initially sort of vet folks, right? So we have a bit of an intake process where we just ask you some questions about what sort of space you like, what sort of um, expectations you might like about pets and uh, you know smoking and guests and things like that. So just a few sort of standard questions. And then we look at people who have the kind of same answers to those questions, who are home providers and home seekers or two home seekers co-housing together. And then what we do is um, we provide a time and a space for you to get to know each other. So you are in control of this entire process. So what that looks like is you get a chance to meet someone, ask questions, get to know them. And really, that's the only intention of that meeting is for you to sort of just um, start building a relationship and see to yourself, is there compatibility here? So that's the that's the one thing we like to tell people is, hey, you are in control of this. And so it's up to you if you say, you know, then we ask everybody, did you find some sort of seeds there that make it sound like this could be a possibility? And then our skills at community justice initiatives really start to kick in. So if people feel like there is some compatibility, what we do is we, our mediators help you come up with an understanding of your living arrangement. So you, we have a, some areas that we help you talk about. And then, of course, we say, hey, is there anything else you want to talk about? And then you build an understanding around, you know, what um, the contribution to living expenses, how much that might be, for example. What sort of chores are there in that house that, and how might that be shared? What sort of understanding is there around guests? Uh, you know, so we help you kind of come up with some of those things. And then we're not even done after that. So when that does get, you know, is going really well, we help you, you know, we provide us time for you to move in with each other. And then we continue to provide uh, support for you. So we have volunteers that we've trained as conflict coaches who um, just check in regularly with you to make sure that it's going well. And if it's not, we help coach you from what kinds of conversations that you might have. Or if you're really thinking that you want to come back to mediation, we help you discuss what's going on for you. So we're there with you uh, to support you throughout this whole process. And we know from our experience in, in helping people mediate situations and resolve conflict together, is that usually conflict is the reason why uh, a living arrangement ends. And so, uh, and sometimes that is why even people become homeless. 
uh, is because, and that sort of research shows that's the main factor. Conflict is, is a huge part. I mean, when we think about who we live with right now, when I think about who I live with, I'm like, geez, I should have probably talked through some of these things before we, we live together, right? Like, this Absolutely. is using sort of our skills of relationship building and helping skill you up too, so that you feel more confident in having conversations with each other about maybe, you know, music being too loud or something like that. But that's the way we all have to live together. And so this is just helping us skill ourselves to be able to make sure that that match is as successful as possible. Another question we tend to get is about what if we need to end the home share arrangement? So, um, you know, obviously that there will become a time when things may have changed in that situation and that might be something that has to happen. So what we do is we help you plan for that throughout that time. So in that sort of mediated understanding of how you'll live together, you're going to talk about what if, what if we need to end this relationship? What might we do? So we help you think through the steps that will work for you. And, um, and so that is something that we help you continually prepare for. Uh, and so, you know, that might be unfortunate, it might be a little bit of a challenge, but we want to make sure that we've walked with, with you so that it's as good as it can be through that. Um, so, and then people also think about safety, right? They want to make sure what if things aren't going well? What if things are becoming unsafe? So that's what we want to ensure you that we don't just drop you. Uh, our volunteers are, are connected with you. And you each have your own, if you want to, your sort of own conflict coach who checks in with you that you can sort of talk things through. So sometimes our process is a little different than some of the other home share processes because of the conflict resolution expertise that we have and the way that we walk with you and support you through your, your um, home share time together. I was going to say, I can't help but notice the similarities between, um, you know, restorative justice and then this home share program. I mean, it seems to be so focused on that idea of building and maintaining um, and mending relationships in a very human way. That's right. And in fact, intentionally building opportunities to have a relationship with someone you never may have gotten to know before. Right. And so when we looked at the affordable housing crisis, we for a while thought, hmm, where are our gifts that we give to the community around restorative justice and restorative practice. How can we help in this affordable housing crisis? And then we, we heard about home share and thought, well, this is a perfect fit with our skills. This is one, one small way that we can help uh, create affordable, dignified housing that, that actually pairs people's skills with each other too. So often people in their memorandum or living arrangement agreement say, hey, I'm really good at doing lawn care, that helping out with the garden. And maybe it's somebody who used to be able to garden a bit more, but maybe has some more physical limitations now. So, uh, you know, it's about even sharing skills together around making these arrangements work. So typically some of the home share is um, really matching older adults with like students, for example, but ours is, is more broad than that. So we're not just looking for older adults or students. We are looking for anyone who may be willing to think about uh, sharing the space in their, in their home. And of course, folks who are willing to, to live with someone um, that they may not have known before, but they're seeking housing that, that where they can use their skills and they can contribute to the household expenses uh, as a part of, of their living arrangement as well. 
Great. Well, Julie, this sounds like an incredible program. Uh, before I let you go here, I mean, you had talked about how it fits in with the affordable housing um, uh, crisis more broadly, but how can, how can, what are the, some of the benefits um, individually that people sort of find when they do yeah. home sharing? What's yeah, something that's... that they can think of and be like, you know what, I'm excited to do this program because I'm going to get, you know, yeah, what out of it? Yeah. So what home share research tells us is that people actually report being happier after sharing their space with someone. Sometimes this might be, I have empty space because my adult children have moved out, for example, or I had a roommate and that roommate now left. And I don't think sometimes we recognize the loneliness in our own house. And so what people were really surprised, I think, in this research on home share was that they actually felt happier, they felt safer, uh, because they had someone sharing their space who they liked and appreciated. Uh, they actually uh, appreciated sometimes the contribution to the household expenses was helpful in the sort of financial situations that many of us find ourselves in. Uh, and they got to know and actually have a relationship with someone that, um, that they wouldn't have met previously. So we don't make people be friends with each other or anything like that, but we often find that that's an outcome of this, is that they build a relationship with each other and, and this mutuality in this respect. And it is a really concrete way for us to impact the amount of affordable housing in our community. We have a lot of unused housing stock and we don't need to necessarily build new housing and we don't need, uh, I mean, obviously we need to do some of that, but we also need to look at the housing stock that we already have here. And it's an it's incredibly environmentally friendly way to create new housing in our community. So right now we have some funding from the Waterloo Region Community Foundation through some funding from the Trinity United Church. We have a bit of funding from Kindred Credit Union and their foundation. And um, we a hope that maybe the region will support our, our project once we show that it can be viable. Uh, so that this is one small solution that our community has amongst many others, new builds and things like that, so that we can make sure that people have affordable housing, but also build great relationships with each other. Exactly. You know what? It sounds like a win, 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 win. <laughs> win, win. <laughs> for everybody. It's yeah. an incredible project, Julie. Thank you so much for being here on Midtown Radio to share a little bit about uh, home sharing. And before you go, can you just give a plug for community justice initiatives and also the event on March 11th? You said 11 to noon at KPL? Yeah. So please, if you have, this is a real call out for people interested in home share. If you've ever thought about sharing your space, if you've ever thought about wanting to share your space with maybe someone that you don't know, we really encourage you to come out on March 11th, Saturday from 11 to noon at the Kitchener Public Library. And when you come, you'll meet other people who are like-minded, who are really interested in getting more information about how we can, as a community, create affordable housing. And uh, doing this um, without necessarily needing to do, uh, we'll put a lot of money into it, but using the existing housing that we have as our community. And it's about mutuality, right? It's about working with each other, connecting with each other, being a part of the solution with each other. And uh, that's what Community Justice Initiatives is all about. And that's what we invite. 
And we don't make people do this. We invite people to do this. And so we think that, um, you know, it might take a little bit of time to catch on. This is a bit of a different idea, right? It's a bit of a different way to think about housing. But we really encourage you to um, consider it. And um, we're happy to answer any questions. Um, we're happy to let you think about it for a long time and come back to us. You know, we're here for, we hope to be here for the long haul and um, want to be uh, a, a way to, for our community to find housing um, way into the future. Absolutely. And if there's anywhere that can do this, it's here in Kitchener-Waterloo with such a rich history of restorative practices and mutual aid projects that are here. This seems like a natural fit for our community. Now, it Julie, sure does. My, my last, my very last question, even though I've said that twice now, <laughs> um, if there's someone who can't make it to the uh, information mm -hmm. session, how can they reach out to you? How can they reach out to community justice initiatives? Give us, uh, give us your socials and your, your uh, email plug. Yeah, for sure. So we have a website. I would go there and it's www.cjiwr.com. All I have to do is look for home share, click on it, and you'll get our coordinator's name, Allison. And uh, Allison has an email address, uh, Allison H. A-L-I-S-O-N-H at C-J-I-W-R.com and her phone number is 226-336-6136. You can also look on our Facebook to search us under Community Justice Initiatives and our Twitter and we have lots of posts about HomeShare with that number and information there and we'd love to hear from you and have a conversation with you and just see if this is a good fit for you. Great. Well, Julie Friesen, thank you so much for being here on the program. Please come back anytime to talk about uh, community justice initiatives, home sharing, or any other projects that you have on the go. Happy to have you here on Midtown Conversations today. Thanks, Matt. Uh, I'll be sure to listen to Midtown Radio. Perfect. Thanks so much.